Eyes on Whiteness is a podcast that illuminates the insidious and ignorant ways of whiteness, regardless of intent. Our guests are invited to practice the work of transmuting white supremacy and patriarchy, as these constructs are pervasive and ever-present for all of us. I'm Deidre Barber Vasquez, Black and Puerto Rican, lesbian, New York Californian, living in the Southwest, mother to dog child Onyx, cis woman. I am my own, I am my mother's, I am Earth's, I am you. I'm Maureen Benson, a white, straight, cisgender woman living in Oakland, California, doing my best to be a principled accomplice for racial justice in these apocalyptic times. In season two, we're excited to share with you a series of incredible conversations with extraordinary guests that we invite to engage the question, what does it look like to be an intersectional integrity? We want to thank our brilliant and kind producer, Aaron Rand Freeman. And if you'd like to support us, we'd greatly appreciate it. You can find us on Patreon, Eyes on Whiteness, and you can rate and leave a review anywhere you're listening to this podcast. Welcome to the show. Sonia Renee Taylor is a world-renowned activist, award-winning artist, transformational thought leader, author of six books, including the New York Times bestselling The Body is Not an Apology, and founder of the international movement and digital media and education company of the same name, whose work has reached millions of people by exploring the intersections of identity, healing, and social justice using a radical self-love framework. She continues to speak, teach, write, create, and transform lives globally. Welcome, Sonia Renee Taylor. Sony, I'm so excited to welcome you back. I mean, I'm related to be back. Thanks for inviting me. Back. I'm always excited when I get a second invite to a podcast because it just means like I didn't fuck up the first time. So thanks for having me back. Uh, thanks for not fucking up, aka shining your brilliant ass wisdom on the world. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you know, I'm always uh, wondering playing the where in the world is Sonia game. Yeah. So I'm glad that wherever you are, you uh thank you for making the time to be with us. Happily. I am talking to you all from Mykonos, Greece, um, where I've been planted for two and a half weeks. Uh yeah. And um, and I think I've been in Greece now for a month. Uh, I think this week I made a month in wow. Greece. Wow. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and perhaps I'm going to Nairobi or someplace else soon, perhaps, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Oh, well, bless you. Bless you for listening to the guides that are guiding you on this incredible journey. It's a practice every single day. (laughs) Every day. I'm like, I'm about to book a ticket. (laughs) Like, I'm about to make the next plan. And I just get told. So this is how this works for me, though, right? Like, so today I was going to. So I booked an Airbnb in Nairobi for October 1st because I felt like I had gotten permission to do that much, but I was not told to buy a ticket. So I said, okay, I guess somebody else is buying this ticket because I've not been told. And then I was like, all right, well, let me get my visa together because I need to have the visa together in order to do the thing. I went to try to do the visa today and broke out in hives. Now, pretty much anytime I break out in hives, it means stop doing the thing you're doing. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess we're not 
getting a visa to Nairobi. So I don't know how I'm getting to Nairobi on October 1st, which is three days away, but we'll leave it to the ancestors to let me know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're making me think, I was thinking this morning how every day lately for me is I find I'm trans, like, I love that you're, to me, it's you're transmuting how to move in the world from what the mm. ways that we're indoctrinated into yes. planning or moving. And, and, and I was thinking about how I am transmuting every day, all day. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. And every day, all day. It's an all day long thing with the world yeah. that we're in now. But I appreciate yeah. the lens that you're giving about. I don't know the word. I just like the vibe you're giving off right now, Sonia. Thank you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> absolutely. But I think you're so right about this. Like every day is a day as a practice in transmuting. If your if your desire is to live outside of the conditioning of the status quo, mm-hmm. then it's a daily practice of transmuting. Like what was I taught? What was I conditioned to do? And now and what is actually in alignment with who it is that I desire to be in the world? Mm-hmm. And at constant incremental shift. Like, oh, I was going in this way. Nope, it's time to turn. Oh, I was going right. in this way. Nope, it's time to turn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really beautiful. I mean, I hope, so are you, is while you're on these travels, is that something that you um, share with like, like, I'm not on Instagram. So like, if I were, I would definitely follow you, but just FYI, it's not personal. I just, I really don't follow <laughs> anyone. Good. And I barely listen good. to our own podcast. So it's nothing personal. But- <laughs> Fine. but like do you share with your audience like when you're are you in a place right now where you're sharing your travels and how you're moving? so I have um there's this great app called polar steps that captures like you can upload video you can upload photos you can and it tracks where you are in your journey so it's logging each location that I go to and then I upload all of the you know pieces and parts to it and so I've given that link out to my patreon community Beautiful. And I've given that link out to friends and family. And that's the way in which I've been sort of tracking and letting other people participate in the experience. And then every once and again, I'll still send a Marco Polo from wherever I am and yeah. say, hey, I'm doing this. But um, but the, the this app has been really helpful because it allows it to kind of be a one-stop shop where mm-hmm. I can say, here's all the things that happened in this location. Here's all the things that happened in this one. So, yeah. That's really beautiful. I appreciate that because, you know, I was having a conversation the other day uh, with a bunch of black folks in tech. And one of the uh, folks who showed up is a, a black American uh, Panamanian. So one parent is from Panama, one parent yeah. is from the States, but he is working out of Panama. And we were having this really beautiful conversation about how differently it is for black folks to be able to give them the space in the room to process and explore this idea of transmuting when not in the United States. Yes. Also mentioning that anti-blackness is global, but yes. <laughs> but there's a different, there's a release. And it just, I yeah. feel like that vibe from you, like there's a, a difference in being in black skin, not in America. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, it was part of the reason I left America as a place of residence is because there was such a different experience. While yes, anti-blackness is global. And the experience of um, the particular texture, shade, flavor of anti-Black violence in the U.S. is so acute. It's so severe. Um, You know, I really remember when I was talking to somebody in New Zealand one time and I was like, I just was like, I'm 
I just want diet racism. Like if I'm gonna like, <laughs> just give me like racism light, like less calories, <laughs> you know, whatever. And in some ways, that is was my experience in New Zealand. And and as you know, I've been really, really blessed, knock on all the wood, to have um had you know, really lovely experiences as I've traveled. People have been um, very generous and kind to me and I've not experienced um, uh, any particular specific violences that are standing out in my brain right now. Um, And so I'm really grateful for that. But I think that like, I was like, my nervous system needs an experience that is less intense than the kind of anti-Black violence that is constant that is so pervasive inside of the United States. And that's just like on top of just violence in general that is so pervasive in the United States. So it's like you just never get a chance to rest. It makes your entire being just constantly on high alert, constant hypervigilance. Um, And that has a, you know, like that has an epigenetic effect (laughs) on us, right? And I was like, it's ancestral, it's cellular. You know, it's it's when I'm sitting in my doctor's office getting my blood pressure checked. It's constant. It's and never, I, it never stops. It, it never, never stops. It's it is so ceaseless. You know, thank you so much for choosing to share your journey. Like that's what I was gonna say before, and I forgot. But in the moment, like the fact that you are sharing it, like you're on when you the app that you're using and you have mm, your Patreon, mm-hmm. like thank you for sharing that because there's there's many of us who who don't have the um ability to travel outside. But see, you know, representation matters. So like being able to see you out there in the world and like this brother who was in Panama and he was like really connecting with some younger brothers who were in the conversation and helping them see it's possible. You can go places, you know, it's just really important. And I think that's also a form of transmuting. Absolutely. Yeah. And I felt, you know, at first I felt uncertain about sharing it because I was just like, you know, it's the middle of a pandemic and people are very much still dying and I'm traipsing about the planet and I recognize you know that you know I so I one recognize the like tremendous amount of privilege that I have to be able to do this at this time I also recognize the ways in which it bumps up against a lot of the social reality that we're living in right now and I also got to do what my guides told me to do and so I'm doing what my guides told me to do um and so I was a little bit hesitant but the response has been has been exactly what you shared of people being like I needed to see this and I needed to see you in this experience. It has given me something for my own journey, you know, like, oh, you know, like, there, yeah. and I know this conceptually, right? Like, I know this in all other ways. I'm like, right, it's all contagious, right? Like, of course, joy and presence and embodiment is contagious the same way sadness and misery and depression, all those other things are contagious. And so it was interesting to still notice that, like, even though I understand that concept, I was still like, maybe I shouldn't share this Mm. life-changing experience that I'm having. Um, And I appreciated having reflected back to me, no, this is needed in the world, you know, and- Well, that's the transmuting daily, all day, every day. It's not just what other people do to me, it's what I have to do to watch what I'm doing to myself. Right, exactly. What are the, what's my, you know, what are the things, the the, um, self-imposed shackles? that I've been conditioned to put on myself, right? That I've been conditioned to be like, nope, don't do that. Nope, don't share that, you know, like all of that kind of censoring of our joy, of our power, exactly. Um, So yeah, it's been, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful that 
that I get to be reminded that one, none of this is just for me. And I actually know that about my whole life, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's like, whatever it is, it's for the collective. I'm supposed to learn through it and then I'm supposed to share through it. And so, um, yeah, it was good to be reminded of that. Mm -hmm. We were just talking yesterday about the, uh, for some, not everyone, but for, for some, the unexpected gift that can come when people share the gift of their most authentic selves. And that um, one of the things I've been present to listening to you today, but also over the course of your journey is that the way in which you're giving yourself space to check in, to have a daily practice of listening to your guides, of giving yourself space to heal, to breathe, like there's a really beautiful way that I think you're transmuting uh, not only white supremacy and patriarchy, but also how capitalism has bred us to simply just go, 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 go all the time. And that is a way in which it prohibits us from transmuting. And so I'm really appreciating like, like it's been super inspiring to just be in community around you to like, Mm -hmm. you know, which can feel audacious. It's like, Oh, how do I have the audacity to like treat, treat myself to what rest? Right. Right. Like you have to earn it. Like you Mm -hmm. have to be right. Like that, that, indoctrination that we have to be worthy of it we have to earn it we have to it's been really interesting in this particular part of my journey here in Mykonos staying with this family I didn't know them from a can of paint Adam Eve I don't know these people they are a connection of a friend in New Zealand whose uncle had a cousin in Athens and the cousin in Athens was like oh I have a friend in Mykonos that's how I got here that's how I got here. I've been in these people's house for two and a half weeks. I was posted up sleeping in the mama's bed. She won't let, she's on the couch. She won't let me, you know, sleep on the couch. She's giving me her bed and her bedroom. And the part of me that is like, the part of me that is indoctrinated that you should not accept this. This is Mm -hmm. unacceptable, Sonia. Like you are a burden on these people, right? Like the story that that you know, even when people are freely and lovingly offering you care, the story that we are undeserving of it is so loud. It's so loud. I have had to work with myself yeah. <laughs> to be like, you are receiving because you are enough and because you don't have to do anything to earn care in the world. That's it right. is simply available to you. What if that's true? And it's yep. been wild to practice it in that piece of transmuting that story that our care that our resource that our abundance is a thing our rest mm-hmm. is a thing that we have to earn through the exploitation of our labor constantly mm-hmm. and until we've done that enough i mean we literally structure sick days that way right you have to work for me this amount of time for this many hours before you are allowed to go and do something for yourself right it's a, it's so deeply ingrained. And so that's been a daily practice of transmutation for me. Mm-hmm. It's like care is available to you. You didn't have to earn it. You don't have to do anything to you. It is your birthright. Can you that's simply right. accept it? Mm-hmm. You, know? you know, it's interesting, Sonia, last time we spoke during the first season of our podcast, there is a, like, when I, I think I go back to that spot and I think about like my understanding of transmuting white supremacy and patriarchy what uh, even though like Maureen and I were clear that it's something that starts with the individual that it starts in the eye that this there was there was still a part of me that was um still though I I didn't know it then but I see it now that was still 
seeing it in terms of an internal process to change an ex the external world. Mm -hmm. And something has shifted, like since that was pre-pandemic, that was a while right. ago, right? Pre-pandemic. Mm -hmm. And the place that I'm in now with this work, like, you know, years later, there's something about, I'm feeling more drawn to what it means for Black folks, particular non-conforming mm -hmm. Black Americans. Mm -hmm. uh, what does it mean to transmute white supremacy and patriarchy for us, by us? with us and what I'm learning is it's a lot what you, like it's at the core of that is some deep worthiness work absolutely you know deep worthiness to to to, to take because it is that idea of like you pull yourself up by your bootstraps you're not born worthy you gotta prove that you are yada 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 absolutely absolutely and so much of that you know the the thing that that struck me when you were just talking or you were like you know this idea of external change to change the external. And the only word I tweak in that all the time is like, it's not to, it it does, right? It's that it does, right? But that's not why I'm doing it, right? It's like, and I think mm -hmm. about that all the time. I'm always using this analogy of the sun because I just think it's such a great example of like, this, you know, the sun doesn't shine for us. We just mm -hmm. happen to get lucky <laughs> enough to get to bask in its rays because it's gonna mm. shine, right? And it's like, oh, if I'm worthy, if if we all embody that, it has an inevitable outcome, right? But as long as I am doing it to get to the outcome, I'm not really doing it. Right. It's a trick. It's yeah. the it's the like I'm still making my worthiness conditional to something that will ultimately come if I manage it, as opposed mm, yes. to it just is. And it just so happens that because it just is, there are some great things that will grow from it, including a transformed world that is just yes. compassionate and equitable. It just so happens. But that's <laughs> not why, right? But that's not why. I'm doing it because I deserve, because I was born into a deservingness that mm -hmm. doesn't require me to have to barter my worthiness in exchange for anything, mm -hmm. in exchange for anything mm -hmm. that it just is, you know? Um, yeah, that's really been the, the constant practice. That's tough. That's tough. Like that, right. That, you know, I, I, I say this with grace and compassion, like deep, deep grace and compassion. It, the more I sit in this work, the more I see like that switch, there's many of us who use the words, but don't realize like that the belief is not actually there, right? Mm -hmm. The words are there, but the belief is not actually there. What I like about being actively able to really take the time and the spaciousness that Marie was just talking about mm -hmm. to transmute this, that narrative that you were talking mm -hmm. about, um, Sonia, like that narrative that's telling me I shouldn't be, I, not only should I not be in this woman's, you know, I shouldn't say this woman's bed, that sounds weird. Um, you know, <laughs> not, only, <laughs> not only should I be on the couch. That sounds so much yeah. sexier than what it is. Right? <laughs> I was like, wait. <laughs> the work that it takes like that's what I'm thinking about now is like what you know what are the offerings to give folks to just even get there because so many so many folks that I'm working with are not even yet at that place to yeah. be able to own that it's not an actual belief 
Right. I mean, that part is, it's, you know, I, I would have said that, you know, three weeks ago, I would not have been able to own that that was an actual belief, right? Mm-hmm. I've been doing radical self-love work for over a decade. It's not, you know, it's like been like, no, like you inherently enough, you're inherently, you know, like I've been working this and like all things, right? It's an onion. It's you peel mm-hmm. back one layer and then you get closer and you get closer, but there are so many layers, right? And these layers are not, again, just our own individual experience. They're social, they're collective social experience. They are our epigenetic ancestral experience. I am, I am undoing the stories of unworthiness mm. that come from hundreds of years before me, right? Can you say that again? Say it again. I am undoing the stories of unworthiness that come from centuries before me, right? It's, it, is, it is deep, deep lineage work. And so, of course, there are going to be parts of it that I could, I wasn't going to be able to see that until I was in the circumstance <laughs> that brought it to the surface such that it had to be contended with, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe that what life is constantly doing for us, if we're open to it, is it's constantly being like, I will, life will create the circumstances for you to address the thing you're ready to address when you're ready to address. It. Yes. Or you can, you know, it will present it to you. And you get to say, nope, I want to do with that now. And then cool, you get to do whatever you was doing again <laughs> until you're ready to do the next thing. And I also think that like, you know, life in this sort of big esoteric way, but I also think there is a part of us, the, the part of me that does understand that I am inherently worthy mm-hmm. will continue to lead me to situations such that I have to practice that truth. I will continue to direct my own soul towards circumstances. (laughs) Like I I said, I don't know how I ended up in Mykonos. I thought I was going to be here three days, right? Mm -hmm. And then all manner of fascinating, you know, synchronicities began to occur that were like, no, you actually have to stay here because there's something that wants to be unveiled in you Mm -hmm. that wants to be healed. And it is only through sitting here in these people's home who you relate to as strangers, which is the first lie, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. right? That it's only through sitting here inside of the story that it can rise to the top such that you can transmute it, right? Mm -hmm. But you got, and and my soul led me here. It was like, oh, you you got some work to do in Mykonos and you don't even know you got work to do in Mykonos, but Mm -hmm. we finna put all the things in place so that you wind up in Mykonos (laughs) so you can do that work. Beautiful. (laughs) And I think that the, what, what I love about you saying that the soul led you here coupled with that you are giving yourself space and practice to listen and do that work, because I would actually argue all of our souls are leading us in all kinds of places, but very few of us us create the capacity, right? I don't want to even say have the capacity. I Mm -hmm. believe that we infinitely have the capacity and we struggle to engage in the belief work to even understand that we have choice and agency to understand that we're even defaulting to a a shit ton of stories that tell us all of these things. So what does it look like to even begin with, wait, I have choice and agency. Wait, there's a list. There's a litany of stories that have been told about me that are pre-made up and rooted in white supremacy and patriarchy and so many forms of oppression. And just, it, it always brings me back to what does it look like to just, as you always say, Deidre, slow down, breathe, see clarity in this moment and see what's unveiled and yeah. like, let that be a regular practice 
to then open up the space to where's your soul taking you to go? You don't have to do with this other shit that society is telling you to do. You actually don't have to. (laughs) And if it feels like you have to, (laughs) there's a lack of integrity there. Right. There's a lack of. Can we get into that question? Right. Can we get into mm -hmm. the what is it? And, you know, one of the things I think part of the reason we struggle with that is because it, you know, people who live, who have been, who have experienced marginalization Mm -hmm. over their lifetimes, right? The, the idea that there is self-efficacy and autonomy, right? can raise the hackles of so you're telling me I'm imagining this shit right, right like that's right. what comes up or it's so my you're telling fault. me right it's my yeah. fault I just didn't do the right thing right and so yeah. it raises up these hackles and mm-hmm. then we get into that defensiveness and what I'm always trying to practice for myself and sharing with other folks is like I am never proposing that those systems of inequity and oppression and marginalization are not real they aren't real they and loud they do things and they're loud <laughs> And I refi- I said, if if white supremacist delusion plans to tell me that I ain't shit and that I can't ever have anything and that I'm only going to struggle, if that's what it plans to tell me, I have no intentions on assisting it, aiding and abetting it by believing right. it. I have no intentions. And so mm-hmm. it's going to have to prove it. It's going to have to prove it to me <laughs> over all the things that I'm going to do that says you're a liar. And that's the energy that allows us to be like, that's real and I will not feed it. Mm-hmm. I will not feed it. And that doesn't mean it's not gonna try to come for me, but you're not gonna come for me with my help. I'm not gonna leave a key in the door so you can break in and rob me, yeah. right? I'm not. I'm, I'm in Oakland, I'm not gonna leave a bag on the seat yeah. <laughs> so you can break yeah. in and yeah. take the bag, right? Like, no. I love that. And it makes like, I think sometimes when people hear, you know, me, Talk, I can only speak from my experience, hear me talk about this idea of transmuting white supremacy and patriarchy, that it's this, that is, it's this thing that just happens, right? It's like this, right. this thing that just happened, like speaking about, we said that we're looking for this outcome, right? But it's this thing that just happens. And I think what I struggle with is trying to stay in the eye of like, okay, just do this for Deidre and those who come to it are supposed to come to it and they'll come to it. But also trying to get people to understand of like what the offering is are tools, like actual tools to help someone (laughs) hear your your inner person or your guide or your North Star um, tell you that you don't have to be complicit in aiding and embedding white supremacy or patriarchy still in your life, but, and that it's so indoctrinated, it is so systemic, it is so institutionalized that there does need to, that there are things that can help folks see it and move through it. And what, you know, Maria and I call it transmute it, but there's this like, there's this push and pull, you know, between the (laughs) telling people, like, you know, it's like, I always think of like, this is like super white male movie, but um, uh, Field of Dreams, you know, like, if I feel like my ancestors were like, if you build it, they will build come. And like, you know, and the transmuting thing was like, okay, if you build it, they will come. And so I'm constantly transmuting of like, well, come on, ancestors, where the fuck are they? Like But really, you know, it's a problem. Like what you're saying is beautiful. I love the analogy. And like you said, like you've been on a self-love journey for decades, I think is what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is a pro it is a process. It is a process. Yeah. And I think the key thing you said in that too is part of what I, part of what the reminder is is like you're not going to think your way out of this 
That's not actually what the, you're going to do your way out of this. It's a practice. <laughs> it's a practice. There are things that you have to do. I was having a conversation with my friend the other day and, you know, she was sort of stuck in some energy and, you know, just like, and I just feel like, and I think, and I said, I said, you're doing a lot of thinking. <laughs> and that's not where your answer like and you actually know that's not where your answers lie your answers lie when you start to do when you start to practice when you start to employ some tools so yes if if the system of white supremacy and patriarchy feels like this you know looming ever-present you know suffocating entity in your life you're not going to think your way out of that experience mm -mm. right you can practice your way out of that experience, which is what I love about what you all have created. It is because it is here's how we can practice such that we stop relating to that as the only possible reality. Mm -hmm. It is mm -hmm. a reality, but it is not the only possible reality. And here are some tools that expand our vision such that we might start to see some other doors. Mm. right right mm. or like you know there's so much out there there is a lot it's there's like even the body is not an apology like your first hello book, hello like you know here is something that will it offers you a way to be right to be yeah. in the being to be in the like a harmony of the doing and the being right mm -hmm. yes. um and like the tools are there i think you know it is it's, it's an interesting conundrum just to hold both that's also where i love I, I come back to this idea of grace and compassion because absolutely there's so much when you're when you have multiple identities that are targeted by you know systems of oppression whether that's capitalism anti-blackness white supremacy patriarchy xenophobia islamophobia all these things it can be tough it can be tough to even grab onto those you know like and, and sometimes Absolutely. they're just life preservers and you can't really do any which i i have respect for and compassion for i can't really even do anything but i know that when i look up i see Sonia's book. I see the book. I can't quite read it right now, but I but see it. But I know it. it's there. I see it. <laughs> Absolutely. I see and, but it. that too is work, right? Because there is That's still right. something happening. On a, yeah. You are saying there is another possibility and I've opened my eyes to it. I might not be ready to take the first step, but that's different than there are no other possibilities. My eyes are closed, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so even that, and I, this is, I try to get folks to, um, to be willing to, to break it down to the, you know, micro experience. What is the tiniest step that you can take towards transmuting those systems today? What's the tiniest thing you could do? Maybe it is just being like, today I'm actually gonna just take the book off the shelf. Yeah. I ain't gonna even open it. I'm gonna just take the book off the shelf. Then give yourself mad props That's for having right. decided to take the book off the shelf. That was a step, right? And then from there, what's the next incremental micro, you know, ask, you know, I'm uh, co-teaching a course right now called the Institute of Radical Permission with Adrian Marie Brown. And, you know, constantly what we're talking about is like, what is the smallest incremental change of yes that you mm -hmm. can offer yourself today, mm -hmm. right? What is that? Because that is getting you closer. Every little bit of that is getting you closer. Yeah. And that's enough, and right? That's enough. And especially if I'm in the I work, right? Like I think there's a, for me, there's a tension of people looking to, when I'm like looking to do some work for the external change and like incremental is enough, that irritates me, right? right. Because it's one, it's a lack of integrity of like, I'm not right. actually doing the I work and I'm like, <laughs> and like, 
incremental change in systems isn't enough. We actually need a radical transformation in order to write right, like deeply interrupt the harm that's happening. And with grace and compassion for my own self, yes, increment is enough, especially if it's a daily practice, exactly. right? Like, and, and, yes, hello, today, here's yeah. my step forward. And guess what? A hundred steps forward in a couple of months and hundreds and hundreds over years. Like really today it's enough yeah. to start in the eye. So I appreciate Absolutely. that. Mm-hmm. I am so, um, one, I'm grateful for this conversation. And two, I feel like one thing I've learned with the prompts that we've offered for this season around intersectional integrity is I have constantly caught myself in assumptions. So I just want to name, I feel like I've heard so many rich nuggets and threads about what has come up for you with this, this question around, you know, talk about what intersectional integrity is for you. And I'm not going to assume that. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm already shifting my thinking about it just in this conversation. I'm just wondering if you can share um, either build on anything that you had discussed already that touched on it, or are there other things and or right other things that are coming up, but like what comes up for you when you think about the concept of intersectional integrity? Yeah, I mean, I was really um, appreciative when I looked at the definition that you all sent me, because it felt so expansive. And that feels like the energy I am trying to move. It's the energy I'm being directed to move into, whether I want to or not. You know, I, I share all the time. Like, I just, you know, I, I, I went vegan back in March and it wasn't because I wanted to be vegan. It wasn't like, I was like, you know what? I really care about the lambs not being chopped. And so <laughs> it was not my relationship. I really loved the lambs being chops on my plate. And, <laughs> and, and the, you know, and the directive was both a directive that was about my physical well-being. That was one piece of it. But one of the early downloads that I got right after I did it was uh, in my morning practice. Um, It was said to me, I was told, I heard, I don't know how to describe (laughs) how the information pops up, but it was said to me, um, eating animals was our first act of domination. Hmm. And I was like, oh, but yeah, (laughs) like it just made instant sense. I was like, Yeah, it was. It was the first time we said we're, we are more, our life is more important than your life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, you know, and I'm a person who very much is of the mindset that I believe that it is possible to be, I believe that it is possible to be in right relationship with all beings. Right. And I, and I, and and I don't think that being in right, right relationship with all beings doesn't mean that there that there's no death, right? Like that doesn't this no part of the Scorpio in me aligns with that, right? <laughs> death is part of it too. The circle of life, the Lion King told us. Um, but also there is no way to be inside of right relationship inside of that circle of life under the constraints and constructions of oppression as they exist right now. Mm-hmm. There's no way to do it in the ways, in the system that we are living in, right? Mm -hmm. And so as soon as that got clear to me, it was like, right, this is not just about how how I relate to myself and, you know, how I relate to people who have targeted identities, right? And how I, it's not just that, like, it's how do I relate to life? Mm -hmm. How do I relate to life, to the beingness of all beings? 
And what is my relationship and my responsibility to an, to an integrity, right? That extends beyond just me into the larger world. One of the, um, uh, uh, I did a podcast um, with Prentice Hemphill, Prentice's um, Finding Our Way podcast. And I was mentioning a conversation that you and I had, Maureen, where I was like, I've never known myself to be this disciplined. And you said, is it discipline or is it integrity? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a word. <laughs> that's a whole sermon. <laughs> that's a whole sermon. And it was like, right, today there is an integrity to how it is that I am moving through the world that one first honors my wholeness, my inherent enoughness. And from there demands that I operate with all of the rest of life Mm -hmm. the same way. That's right. That is the intersectional integrity for me, right? Mm -hmm. It's like all of life gets to exist inside of enoughness and inherent divinity. And if that is true, then how do you treat all of life, right? Right. Not just the parts that are convenient. And I'm a convenience girl. (laughs) I like I like just doing the thing that is convenient. And I spent many, many years just doing the thing that was convenient. And it kept being reflected back to me that that I wasn't in integrity, right? Mm -hmm. That doing the thing that was the most convenient wasn't leading me to integrity. That integrity was, do I honor everything the way that I've been practicing to honor myself, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm so curious then, what's the difference in your experience of attempting to be disciplined and attempting to be in integrity? Oh, goodness. Oh, just uh, <laughs> discipline. I mean, just, I'm not a disciplined person, not <laughs> in that way. Like, that's just not, you know, like the thing that's just, because I experience discipline as an external thing. That's right. I am, right? I do this thing to get this result, Right. I go to the gym five days a week so that I'm ripped, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's a, it's a core, you know, there's a correlation between what I'm doing and the outcome that mm-hmm. I expect. And integrity is, I do not know the outcome. Mm. And I am called to be in relationship in a way that honors me, my truth, yes. my most authentic self that honors my soul. And if I am honoring my soul, I don't need to know the outcome. I know that it changes how I move, right? And so, you know, like I said, I'm not a, I've never experienced myself as a disciplined person. I'm a notorious procrastinator. I'm chronically late. It's not my my thing. Um, But those things have like, where those, you know, character flaws were a manifestation of me not being in integrity, mm-hmm. they have shifted. Yeah. Right. They have shifted. I'm more on time in my life than I've ever been in my entire existence. <laughs> and now it's because the integrity says everybody's time is as valuable as yours, Sonia. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Discipline would be, you know, I'm on time because that makes people respect me. And it says, you know, like that's something different. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I honor what it is I said I was going to do because that's a reflection of how it is that I desire to treat myself and how it is I desire to be with others, you know? 
I'm glad you touched on the desire to treat yourself because I think that the, again, starting in the eye is so key. And I love that distinction of, you know, the discipline is about an expected outcome and the integrity, particularly intersectional integrity, like honoring your own work to be enough, right? To that manifestation of the undoing of the the, the centuries, right? As you said earlier, of these messages, like that is really resonating with me. And I appreciate, Mm -hmm. I just really appreciate that you're constantly coming back to that because it can be a slippery slope of like, well, I'm going to honor other people's time, but at the end of the day, it's about how am I in alignment with who I want to be in the world, right? And like, what does that look like to be, um, you know, healed and to be enough? And so what would the actions, and the other thing I think that that struck me as, as I was listening to was, it also is just about in the moment, right? If it's not about the expected outcome, it's like in this moment. Right now. If I'm mm-hmm. in integrity with myself and the healed being that I am attempting to be in the world, what choice do I make? Exactly. It's about exactly. being. Yeah. Exactly. I had this, <laughs> this is uh, back in April when I was, you know, I was a, a month and a half into veganism. And I had um, agreed to have my family's Easter dinner catered. And so- it was, you know, the blackest, blackest Easter dinner. We had the candy yams, the mac and cheese, the barbecue chicken, fried chicken, baked chicken, all the things, right? Just had everything. And I went to go pick up the food and, I, you know, put it in a thing. And I was having a day, right? I was already having a day. And, you know, she put this steaming tin pan of fried chicken in the back of this car. And I was like, I'm gonna eat a piece of fried chicken. <laughs> so I took out a chicken wing and I, you know, and I ate it. Now, discipline, if I were disciplined, I would have never eaten a chicken, right? I ate the chicken and I did not feel sick or anything, but literally within five minutes, something in me just said, we didn't honor ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like the issue wasn't that I ate, the issue was I made an agreement with me and then I didn't honor the agreement that I had with me. And it was like, oh, not integrity with who I said I want to be with myself. That's, I'm not honoring the commitment I made to me, yeah. not to anybody else. Nobody would have ever even known I ate the chicken and not said, you know, like it would have been, but it was such a clear indication of like, oh, there is something calling me to be in right relationship with myself. That's mm-hmm. like, if we don't honor any other, we can't truthfully and authentically honor any other commitment if we don't honor the commitment with ourselves first. Ooh, say Everything that. else, you cannot honor any other commitment authentically and honestly if you are not honoring the commitment with yourself first. It is unstable, unsustainable ground. Mm-hmm. You can't build from that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so right. it was like, oh yeah, I don't want to eat any more chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be authentic right in the moment. I agree with everything you're saying. Then there's a piece of me that's like, shut up, Sonia. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Stop reading me. I tell people just that, like, this is the bad time to talk to me. if Because whatever I'm saying, I'm clear that I'm like... It's for, it's for whoever it is I end up in conversation with. So yeah. if I end up in conversation, there's a little, you know, I went to my sister's house right after I had left New Zealand and 
you know, I had also been directed to give away all of my belongings. So I no longer had anything. And I, she started asking me about it. And then you could just see her face melt. Like, please stop telling me these things that are indicting me about what it is I know I need to do too. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> I'm just sharing my journey. And it just- I love it. I love the messenger. I mean, the message has got to come to me. It's like, you should check yourself before you wreck yourself. I like right. the messenger. I like yeah. the, the way it's coming. <laughs> I try to be a cheerful yeah. one. Yeah, I appreciate it. Because <laughs> I can hear it from you. Like, you know, a white right. dude who's like, my ancestors could give it to a white dude, but they right. know and if you give it to a white it's dude, not coming I ain't going to hear it. It's, it's, not gonna, it's gone. It's, it's not going to get it. It's not going to make it. You give it it's to Sonia, okay, it. it's going to land. Maybe only a piece exactly. right now, but something's going to land. <laughs> You know, I'm just out here doing my job. Mm -hmm. I also really love live time uh, in that moment that y'all just both acknowledge that, you know, there's like the delivery of something that's your experience, Sonia, right? Like you're not actually talking about what anybody else needs to do. And yeah. like you being really authentic, Deidre, that like there's ways it's, it's, it's impacting you. Um, and like the work of transmuting is to just sit and be, right? And so I'm actually going to be really excited, Deidre, when you take the time and space to process whatever it was uh, that came up for you. And by, I'm over here too, sitting here going, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, don't make it a should. She's not saying should. The word should never came out of her mouth. And, <laughs> and what is the invitation with this provocation that you're offering us, um, all of us who are listening and like for my own self. And for me, what I, like I, that's why I asked the question about discipline and, um, integrity that what's different for you like I have found at times when I when I am able to uh, take the time and the space to really be centered on my own integrity I it's counterintuitive but my experience has been it's actually much more easeful um, because it's not rooted in judgment right it's actually just a, it's a question like and I get to start over again in any moment um, you know so like yeah I had a wing so it's not like you're, you're not not a vegan like right. you, you exactly. had a wing, you had a moment and then you had this experience. And so, um, you know, I know, you know, this from a long time ago, like right, right around the time you were starting the body's not apology, but I had had a similar experience in that grappling of God, I've been all these diets all these years. And like, that's all discipline. That's all should, it's all about an external thing. And like, what if I just started every day? I love myself. How do I want to treat myself? If I love myself in this moment, you know, and what those, like we talked earlier, these incremental steps, it led to a year long experience where there were a ton of different results, but none of them were what I was looking. I wasn't like trying to get the result. I really was just in a daily practice of if I love myself, how do I treat myself yeah. in this moment? So I just really appreciate the, the lifetime experience of, yeah. And that can prickle the shit out of people. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm not without prickle here in this moment. Yeah. Too. I just want to say. <laughs> and the invitation is always only curiosity, right? right? It's only like, oh, what does what does that bring up for me, right? And and where does that resistance live, you know? And and what might that resistance be about, right? And like just letting yourself go with the thought process, you know, without the should, because with you, as soon as you put the should on it, there's resistance, right? There's right. like <clears throat> now somebody's telling me what to do. Now you know there's judgment and shame mm -hmm. and all this. Mm -hmm. But if I can let myself be in the, you know 
the lazy river of curiosity. I don't know if you've all spent time at the water parks back in the day, but they always have a lazy river and it's just an inner tube and you just lay in it and whatever they've done to the water just lets you <laughs> drift around mm -hmm. and it's great. And it's like, oh, I can be that way in my curiosity, right? Like yeah. I don't have to do anything other than see what the, what's the question in front of me now, right? And yeah. can I just... Boy, can I look at it from different angles? Can I see it from different fractals? And then what's the question that wants to come from that, right? And can mm -hmm. I just let that unfold? Yeah. And each part of that, every aspect of that is a piece of transmutation, That's right? right? That's right. And the collective impact of it is transformation, right? That's right. We, we find ourselves being, doing, existing differently. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you bringing curiosity up. It's something I've been really in a lot of reflection around specifically as a way of transmuting patriarchy and like mm -hmm. interrupting the know-it-all that power, like here's the power over dominant, we've got the answer, right? Mm -hmm. And so like being in curiosity is a great example of transmuting. Um, I love the, I, went, I grew up in Action Park though, which was hella violent and dangerous water parks. If y'all haven't seen the documentary <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> but there a doc? Jeez. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> You'll love it. You'll love it. You'll love it. Uh, but yes, that's how I grew up in Action Park, which was just wild, like water rides and violent and dangerous. And but the lazy river <laughs> analogy, I will. Uh, I really embrace because that it is just a practice of being and like see, truly seeing where it's going to go. It's like an active listening. We always, you know, really encourage folks to not offer leading questions, right? Like really, if you're coming from curiosity. There's, it's not a leading question, it's an open-ended question. And so same in my own practice of curiosity, like I don't have it all figured out. And so what if I just be? And so I love yeah. that, like floating and looking at it from different perspectives and particularly understanding that there are identities that I hold targeted and non-targeted that influence. There's only so much I can unpack in myself. And then what does it look like to extend that curiosity that includes many other perspectives and identities in ways that are not causing emotional labor. Yeah. I always say that's like the disclaimer, <laughs> nobody with a targeted identity uh, owes me anything. And also what does it yeah. look like, right? To unfold that curiosity. Totally, totally. Mm -hmm. yeah. And where do we have the relationships that allow that, right? That are like, oh, we do this for each other again, because we desire to be in a kind of relationship right? Outside of, you know, like, I love the idea of <clears throat> we cannot blink our eyes and magically make, you know, white supremacy and patriarchy and all of these oppressive systems go away. But what we can do is practice together what life might look like without them. We can do that at a micro scale. We can do that relationally, right? And, and so, you know, what I love about what Maureen just shared is like, right, it's like, no, it's not your responsibility. And no, I don't go to you and ask you to do my labor for me. And inside of relationship, where we want to practice, what would it look like in a world that wasn't this? How do we support each other inside of that inquiry? You know, how do we, you know, to stay on side, stay inside the lazy river <laughs> analogy, you know, you would be with your besties and then all of y'all would hold each other's rafts. And then all of a sudden you'd be linked together going down the river, right? And like that is, that's also the invitation, right? The invitation to practice relationally based on a level of care and commitment and intimacy that is established and agreed upon, right? That we then get to be like, what does relationship look like outside of these structures and systems and um, 
the parameters that they have given us, right? How can we practice? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah, like even in that curi like in that curiosity or like sitting in inquiry, being okay with still some discomfort. You know, like curiosity doesn't necessarily equal clarity or like the lack of you know or a happy ease. answer or a happy yeah, answer. Yeah. I mean, the whole time that we've been sitting here, y'all, y'all know, like when we started, I said there's a spider that's visiting, and I I blamed Sonia. Um, but uh, but the whole time that we've been sitting here, it has been creating this really interesting web coming up and down, up and down in front of my laptop, and so I'm listening. And I'm also like, just trying to be in it of like, be, be curious of like, what is it doing? But whenever it disappears, I'm noticing I got a little, you know, I'm feeling like, ooh, 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 like I want to be curious and it feels a little uncomfortable. Like, I'm not really sure what's happening here. And then, and then she comes back out and I'm like, okay, well, you're over there. I'm over here. But it makes me think of like this idea of curiosity of like, same thing of like, sometimes being curious, it's not always easeful. It's not always super comfortable. Right. No. Um, but like me being in that, I'm in the lazy river because you, you know, right. I haven't disappeared and screamed and yelled like I kind of <laughs> won to a couple of times, right. but I'm in the lazy river of just letting it happen. Right. And it's just flowing, right. She's doing, yeah. I'm doing my thing and here we are. Yeah. And you can, and you're letting yourself exist in the, in the ebb and flow of that discomfort because it's also not permanent, right? Like it right. is, it's evolving, right. Which is life, right. It's like, it might suck at some points. You're going to ask some questions. You're going to get some curiosity and the answer is going to be like, that blows, right? <laughs> but that's not the only reality. Again, it's right. one of many realities right. and it's a constant evolution. You know, I just came back a month and uh, yeah, I guess I'm a month out of this retreat now. I went and did plant medicine. I did ayahuasca at a retreat in Costa Rica. And, you know, it was an inc incredible transformative mind-changing, mind-blowing experience. Um, but one of the intention questions that they asked, that the retreat center asks you to hold, the opening retreat, um, the opening intention question is, show me who I've become. And I was like, okay, I'm down for that. Like, word, I'm gonna do that. So we did this breathwork session and, you know, I was holding that intention. And at the end of it, it was like, you've become a manifestation of radical love. And it was, I loved this answer. I was like, yes, that's, that's what I've been going for. Boom. And then the following night, <laughs> the following night I'm in ceremony and, uh, I complete the ceremony and, you know, it ends in vomiting and feeling like hell and blah, blah, blah. And then I, the same question occurs to me, show me who I've become. And the answer was someone who doesn't know when she has enough. And I was like, mm. <laughs> 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 mm. <laughs> I don't like that answer. Right. And yeah. both of them were true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Both yeah. of them were, you know, the revelation of that particular curiosity and inquiry. Yeah. One of them was awesome. One of them really sucked, yeah, right? Yeah. But all of it was still unveiling something to me that was useful on my journey, right? And so if I didn't get fixated on, you know, how awful and bad I am because I'm somebody who doesn't know when she has enough, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if all the shame and judgment that wants to come with that or all of the like, no, I refuse to believe that. And so I'm just going to push that back down onto the, you know, into the shadows so that I don't have to acknowledge it. Then, then I miss the opportunity to be in the practice of transmuting, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that, that's, and all of it is for my journey. 
all of it, yeah. the discomfort and the beautiful parts. That's right. Mm. Love that. Thank well, you. That's, that's, I know. Thank you. That was like an <laughs> exceptional dismount. I'm like, <laughs> we get to be in all of it. <laughs> <laughs> do the Greek do the Greeks have judges in the Olympics? I was about to be like the Greeks give it a ten. <laughs> like, Greeks, of course, Greece is in the Olympics, yes, right? Like because it started the hello, Olympics. Hello, it's yes. theirs. <laughs> Literally, it's theirs. But it's so it's so as I was like recalling like blips from all the Olympics, I always hear like right. there's judges from all these countries. I don't hear the judges from Greece. That's not like coming to mind. It's so interesting. I just had an yeah. interesting awakening around that. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> it's they started it. So yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a pleasure, Sonia. Yeah, it's an absolute funny. delight. And first of all, let me just take a moment and fangirl and gush and just say, you know, congratulations on just such beautiful, profound, important work. Congratulations on how you have been doing such beautiful, profound, important work that it feels so um, honoring of yourselves, honoring of each other and honoring of the collective. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really grateful to get to be, you know, like the homie who gets to peek in and support mm-hmm. and cheerlead because I'm I'm just really, really um, deeply moved uh, by what it is that you all are putting forth for humanity. Mm-hmm. It's a real, mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you. I will take that and ride yeah. that all day long. Do it, do it. <laughs> do it, do it. <laughs> well, you. thank you. And I just, you know, it was funny. I was, I was, I was nervous before we got on today, which is hilarious. You're my best That's friend. Hilarious. <laughs> so I just want to fangirl back and be like, it has been mm-hmm. so extraordinary to bear witness to this incredible blossoming of you as the most beautiful, compassionate brilliant, inspiring human being uh, I could possibly get to know on this journey of life in this iteration. So thank you for being so vulnerable and transparent and being such a gift of sharing so much of your journey and your wisdom. I know that so many millions of people have been impacted by who you are and how you move in the world. And Fuck, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Maureen, thank you for saying that. I want to say, I I met you a long time ago via Maureen, but there was always something about you that always felt, and this is like, for me, positive. I don't know if it's going to sound that way, but it's meant to be. <laughs> Here we go. I, got it. I receive it. I receive it as such. <laughs> of like, there was always something about you that was beautifully deep, like, like, I just always felt like re- like a, a level of reverence for you. Like, like there's something about you that has always felt very like, Sonia's depth is tangible. It is, um, you know, whatever it was that your ancestors sent you here to do, uh, you walked with it. Mm. My, from what I understand, mm. you didn't know that then. Mm. Mm. But I, it's really beautiful to see how much you know it now. Mm. So I want to say, like, I've always saw it. I couldn't necessarily name Aww. it. It was more like <laughs> I was a fan before you were famous. Um, <laughs> and I didn't know why. I didn't necessarily know why. I just, like, you was like, I'd be around you and I'd feel a little giddy. I'd feel, like, a little nervous. I'd be like, it's on you. You know, and like... <laughs> I, it's weird to say when someone's your friend, but I want to be honest, like that's kind of like what it what it was for me. But it's really beautiful now, like watching you. I can see that you know it more than you did then and that mm-hmm. you're sitting, you know it, you're sitting in it, you're acknowledging it. And that is 
so inspiring as a from mm-hmm. another black woman like thank you for doing that because it just really helps thank you thank you and thank you for seeing it in me because i'm certain that your reflections of that whether conscious or subconscious are part of what has helped me um allow allow me to embody it and to move into it from my truest self so thank you yeah okay oh my god i love it i love it well as we wrap today sony do you want to tell folks how they can follow you access you you're up to some amazing things so what are some i mean i'm gonna we obviously have your bio in the beginning uh what are some other things you'd love people to know about how to access you and follow your journey Cool. Um, you are welcome to come and hang out on Patreon. Um, I share lots of what's going on with me. We also do um, a quarterly curriculums around subject matter that's about transmutation of many of these systems. And so that's just patreon.com, Sonia Renee Taylor. Um, you can find me on Instagram occasionally and not occasionally. I'm really <laughs> You know, the Instagram is like a side piece. Like sometimes I'm messing with them, sometimes I'm not. Uh, so you can totally do that. That's a song you're writing, Taylor. You are welcome to find a treasure trove of archive articles at the intersection of radical self-love, body, and justice at thebodyisnotanapology.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at thebodyisnotanapology.com. And like I said, we have this course, me and Adrienne Marie Brown right now called the um, Institute of Radical Permission. We are in the middle of the course right now, but it goes evergreen, meaning that you can get it whenever you want and do it at your own leisure. Um, And that will be in November. So if you go to um, Institute of uh, Radical Permission.org. You can get on the wait list so that you know when that goes live. And there's also a journal that comes with that, the Journal of Radical Permission. You so can get beautiful. That mm-hmm. Any place books are sold. And you can always buy The Body's Not Apology, the workbook, and any of the editions. And yeah, and whatever else might come along. <laughs> <laughs> who knows who knows who well, knows well maybe where you're going next there's a lazy river so I'll you know what that. i hope that we have manifested a lazy river in my life i'm here for it <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna manifest the lazy river out in nature yes mm-hmm. yes Not at a park I'm, totally. I'm here for that i'm here for a river tubing i'm visualizing a river tubing beautiful yes. experience Bring me jungle. I see, I see you in Don't that. Bring I see you in, your, in a tube. Yep. Yes. You got it. You got it. I'm here for it. Yes. May it be so. We want to take a moment and acknowledge the tools used in this podcast are from a course that we have co-created called Cultivating Intersectional Leadership. We believe the path of cultivating intersectional leadership is a transformative journey that supports individuals and organizations in making the deeply systemic, strategic, intuitive, innovative, and necessary shifts away from old ways of being that no longer serve us, our organizations, or our communities. For more information about the course, visit cultivatingintersectionalleadership.com. We want to thank our brilliant and kind producer, Aaron Rand Freeman. And don't forget, if you'd like to support us, we do appreciate it. You can find us on Patreon, Eyes on Whiteness, and you can rate and leave a review anywhere you're listening to the podcast.